Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Our guest is Kara Lada. Kara is the founder and chief fun officer of The Playful Warrior, a brand that reconnects people back to their inherent nature and playfulness. She is also a play and mindset coach and the creator of Thought Play. Thought Play is an innovative eight-week play journey that transforms your subconscious mind and uses the power of uninhibited creativity to cultivate self-worth and create a life that excites you. It's featured it features the Playbox and Playbook delivered to your door, mail you can actually get excited about. Kara is the Kara is also a speaker and certified life and success coach, NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, time techniques and EFT tapping practitioner. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. When we first connected, I had not heard of someone working primarily with people around play and creativity. And it got me so excited when you reached out because what an incredible um, mission and thing to be doing in the world, especially when most people are so focused on productivity. And, you know, I'm sure those worlds collide as well. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Like, how did you get into doing this? Like NLP, hypnotherapy, like becoming a coach. I'd love to hear some of your story. Yeah, I would love to share. So I actually worked in the corporate world for almost 10 years and I was doing public relations, marketing, that kind of thing. And I always felt very disconnected. I felt very stuck. I knew that was not what drove me. I was not passionate about it, but I just had no idea what I wanted to do. And every time I thought about it, I was just feeling really lost. So I just did that for a really long time. I was not happy. And then COVID came and a lot of my clients were in the travel industry. So I lost my job right away. And at the time I was already going through a personal crisis outside of work. So I had a relationship and I was working through a lot of childhood trauma. I was doing a lot of deep inner child healing. That was very heavy. I was also having a really bad cockroach infestation. Just like nothing in my life seemed to be going well. Yeah, it was just kind of a disaster all around. Um, so I was not in a good place to say the least. And uh, then I lost my job. And at first it was kind of like, I, I freaked out a little bit just because I was not prepared for that financially. And obviously no one really does. Uh, at the same time, there was this weird part of me that was so relieved. Like I was just so happy in my soul because I was like, this is finally my chance to do something I love. I don't know what that thing is, but the time is now. So I was already doing this inner child healing. So I was connecting with little Kara a lot. And although it was very heavy as a kid, I was so playful. I was so excited all the time. I would dance everywhere. Like I was so excited and I was feeling disconnected from that. So I wanted to explore that. So I started doing one playful thing a day. And I just noticed that my relationship my, to myself was changing. I was feeling a lot more connected. Suddenly I had all these ideas. I was feeling more creative. I was happier. I was even having new solutions come to me. Like I just felt like my problem solving skills were getting better. And I looked around and just saw how disconnected everyone was from play, or at least a lot of people, a lot of adults, because we're conditioned out of it. And then I started studying play. I was like, I think there's something here. 
And I looked up the science of play and was astounded to learn all these amazing benefits that like none of us learn because we're conditioned out of it. We learn that it's immature or childish or silly or it's unproductive, right? That's what we think, but it actually helps us with our productivity, but we don't learn that. So I was just kind of floored to see this and how this information was not shared with me. And I knew this was a business idea. I was like, okay, I think my mission is to reconnect adults back to play. But so I had that, but then there were all these mindset blocks happening because I wasn't planning on being an entrepreneur. So I had so much self-doubt, so much fear, especially this was an unconventional idea. There was no like textbook, how to become a play coach. I had to create this on my own. So it was, it was very scary. And all of these, all of these mindset blocks were really getting to me, which was when I started exploring programming and hypnosis more, because then I learned that 95% of what we do is driven by our subconscious mind. So I was trying to make all these changes at the conscious level, but here I learned that I could actually reprogram my subconscious mind to reprogram my thoughts and actions and behaviors, get them moving towards what I want, which would be being this confident entrepreneur who's wildly successful. So then I did that and I, I, yeah, I just felt like on top of the world and I was really connecting with my power. And then that was when I decided to get fully certified in NLP, in hypnosis. And so then I was kind of at this place where I'm like, okay, I have the power of play. I have the power of the subconscious reprogramming. I'm going to mix them together, make this beautiful concoction and uh, sell that to the world. And that's how I created thought play in my program where I do half play and half just reprogramming with people to really help them connect to their power and create a life that excites them. Wow. That is so cool. What that way to turn like the pain into your passion, you know, of reconnecting that way. And I love that you mentioned around the subconscious mind of, of the, the subconscious beliefs that are actually running our day without us even realizing. Um, And so is, is hypnotherapy like the, the, the core thing that allowed you to shift out of that self-doubt? I would say so. Yes. Like through NLP, I was able to shift some of my limiting beliefs that I had, you know, like in childhood, when we're from ages zero to seven, we learn all these things that really weren't our own decisions, right? We're just like sponges picking things up from the media and institutions, our parents, school, all these things. So we didn't really have a lot of say as to what was programmed in our subconscious. So I had a lot of beliefs, for example, that I have to work really hard to make money. You know, it's like this kind of idea of like, I have to hustle to make money, just like this scarcity mindset as well. I really had that. Um, My family background was, my mom was like Polish. So there were like a lot of fear happening all the time. So it was like, I was in this fearful state really. Um, So I got to work on those limiting beliefs around relationships too. Um, believing there were abandonment wounds from childhood, believing I was not good enough, believing I was not lovable. Because as kids, we think in that all or nothing mindset and it's like black and white. So yeah, I had a lot of that going on. So it was beautiful with NLP to reprogram these decisions. And yeah, hypnosis is so beautiful. So I do that twice a day. I do self-hypnosis where I just listen to recordings of myself right before I go to bed, right when I wake up. That is when your subconscious mind is the most impressionable so then I can really listen to that, these recordings. So it might be like, I'm a wildly successful, confident entrepreneur, whatever you want it to be. You can do these around relationships too. You can change them up. I recommend doing um, one set, one thing for 30 days though, to really get it in your mind. And obviously working with practitioner will really help you as well. But I will say hypnosis is personally my favorite just because it's so relaxing it's, it's such a deep state of relaxation. It's not voodoo at all. It's not mind control, but it's just 
it feels so good. And then you're getting all these amazing messages programmed into your brain. Uh, so that's my favorite practice for sure. Mm, I love that you record things and then play them back to yourself. I bet that's powerful hearing your own voice too, like that affirming, affirming voice. It's your own. Exactly. And sometimes what you can do actually is you can record them as questions. So affirmations are great. I like them. I still use them, but sometimes people with your conscious mind, if you said like, I am a wildly successful entrepreneur and say you just launched a business, part of you might be like, mm, no, you're not right. Because you just started. So you can ask the question, like, why am I such a successful entrepreneur? Because then your subconscious mind will go and will deliver that answer for you. And also if you do, if you are spiritual, you know, you can say that the universe will go and answer that question for you as well. So I actually do like doing the question. So I call them identity questions, but you can do affirmations as well. It's really just doing whatever calls to you, right? You don't need to take what someone's exactly like be intuitive and see what feels good for you and do that. Mm. How long are your recordings? I'm just not, curious. God, not long. Um, I think each one is that I do is like four minutes. Wow. I love that idea. I'm going to do that. I love that. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Cause I've done a lot of hypnotherapy um, myself and that's been ext- a game changer. I, I also studied NLP and like learning how the mind works on such a deep level was, was mind blowing. Right. But it was, it was because it felt like this grip of things that was once holding me didn't really even seem tangible or existent anymore. So what are some of the things that people come to you with? You know, I mean, I'm sure that they don't come to you saying, Hey, I need to play. Like, you know, that's the remedy that they need in accessing their creativity. But what are some of the common issues that people are having that cause them to start working with you? So it's interesting because actually some people do come to me who just work all the time and like, they're just so serious all the time. And they do want to play more because they actually do correlate that this is just causing them to be unhappy and they don't really feel creative anymore. And they really disconnected from self. And they're kind of just like, life is so short. Why am I living? Like maybe I'm being successful in something, but I'm not happy. And it's really getting to them, especially in the pandemic with the isolation and not really being able to see friends. So actually I will say that most people who come to me do actually realize that it's a problem, that they aren't connected to play and they just don't feel happy and that there's something missing. But then there's always things under that as well, right? There's usually a lot of like money mindset beliefs happening, I would say, um, probably is the most common one. Or there's like people who have done inner child healing and have done the really heavy part of it, who haven't done the play part as much, right? And who knows that their inner child, again, has these limiting beliefs, but that, yeah, they just don't really know where to go and they need support from that. Another really common one is moms, actually. So moms who have kids who are super playful, but they themselves don't feel playful or they don't enjoy playing with their kids and they never play for themselves. And they just like know that it would benefit the family. And they also need to fill up their own cup. They need self-care. They are exhausted, right? They take on so much. So that is a really common one as well. Um, And then in terms of, so actually do some like mindset as well. And yeah, I would say really, it's like a lot of like relationship beliefs, patterns coming up of like emotionally unavailable and where they're actually emotionally unavailable as well. Um, But yeah, I would say that most people coming to me see the problem in the fact that being disconnected from play means being disconnected from themselves. And this is causing like an array of issues. 
I like that you mentioned the money mindset part. Like how, how does it, how are you, how does that correlate with play and the money mindset? Yes. So that's a lot of like the abundance and scarcity. And like, I've talked about that on my podcast, but can you just elaborate as well? Absolutely. Because it's, it's so good to talk about because so many people would never correlate play with money, right? They put play at the bottom of their priority list. They're like, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, whatever job you're in, it's like, I have to work first. I have to do all these things. And then maybe if I'm lucky, I'll have time to play, but it's not a priority. But the crazy thing is, is then we're in this really stressed energy and we might not be at our best. Uh, But when we actually put play like right up there and prioritize it as much as our main work, we're showing up as the most powerful version of ourselves for our clients, for for our relationships, but we're actually much more creative as well. We're going to get more ideas. We're going to have more problem solving skills. We're going to be more focused. We're going to have better memory skills. We'll be more adaptable. We'll be more in tune with our intuition. Like there's so many amazing things. And because energetically we're in this place more money comes as well, right? Like I like to say the more fun you have, the more money will come because you are an attractor. You are energetically where other people want to be. So the more you're in that energy, the more wealth you will attract. And especially wealth comes from being creative, being adaptable, right? Say there, there is no, I'm sure as you know, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. So what's cool with play is we're using our imagination so much that new solutions will come up if one thing doesn't work which is why play is so connected to money. And it's so amazing because so many people in business would never think to play just because of our conditioning. It's really not, not their fault. It's just what they've learned. So yeah, I always like to say that it is so correlated to money. It makes me so excited. And yes, more people need to learn this. Oh, I love that belief of like, the more I play, the more money I make. I have a similar one of the more I travel, the more money I make. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, it didn't quite feel real. But then I started to identify that, wow, saying this over and over and over and over again, it, it all came down to me feeling the most creative alive because of my environment that I would be projecting that, right? That same joy and excitement and And so I love hearing that that is like a correlation of things that you work with people on. That is so cool, you know, because it is, we kind of, I view it like we have a tunnel vision. Whenever we're stressed out, it's that fight or flight mode of, I got to figure it out yesterday, you know, and it's just so, um, stressed and strained and it puts a tunnel vision on that. We're not even able to see some of the things around us because we're in a fight or flight, you know? Um, and you know how like when we're in the shower or something or on a walk, like that's when our best ideas will come to us. It's because when we're playing, things will unconsciously work themselves out. And it's like, yeah, like you're just talking about this tunnel vision when you're really stressed out. Sometimes it can be really hard to come up with a solution, but it's like when you actually give yourself that space and you do something that's unrelated so many times, that's when the solution will come. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Movement for me is one of the biggest things. I ride my bike a lot. And like, that's kind of my, well, depending where I'm living, I have to have, I get to have, (laughs) I create for myself to make sure I have some type of outlet that connects me to nature and disconnects me from my phone. And so that's kind of the only guidelines for myself. And so lately um, it's been riding my bike around sunset time. And I'll leave my phone at home. I'll ride the bike. Grandparents live nearby. I'll stop by, say hi to them. Like, but it's the only point of it is to let my hair be in the breeze, be on the bike. And some of my best podcast ideas always come when I'm on my bike and not on my phone. And so there's so I I can firsthand say so much truth to this. And 
I love that it pushes up against um, the programming of, you know, you got to be working for it to work. And it's so like, you don't, in that, I love that twist is like, you don't have to be working for it to work out and taking that time and step aside. Like, that's why I was so excited to interview about this because I, I believe in it so much, you know, and a lot of people I've coached have been like, I just, I feel lazy. I'm not getting shit done, you know? And it's like, no, that's not actually what's happening. You aren't lazy. Like there's a fear that's coming up for you, you know, that's the, and, and a lot of that's the inner child work, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's cool too, is like, I, I do the play, but then there's also the NLP and hypnosis to really like solidify supportive money beliefs. Right. Cause what we learned as kids is not supporting us. So getting you know, money doesn't grow on trees. It's the root of all evil. Don't love it. <laughs> yeah. Or like filthy rich, like putting all this like negative energy around money. Right. And yeah. it's really energy. So like learning to actually embrace it and have like this beautiful relationship with it. Um, so yeah, if anyone, like I, I always say though, never shame yourself for having these beliefs. Like it just came from your conditioning, right? But the great news is, is that we have power. There's neuroplasticity. We can make more empowering choices now. Mm-hmm. Elaborate on the neuroplasticity. Yeah, so this is super cool. So neuroplasticity is essentially that our brain is never like, our cells can always, always evolve. Right. And we can fire up our brain through play. So like a lot of diseases, you know, are actually cured because of empowering thoughts or beliefs or exercise, right? Like you are never in this like one limiting spot. So that's, what's really cool about like going to therapy or doing NLP or hypnosis is that we can retrain our brain you are not stuck. So essentially, yeah, we are always learning. So many people, I think, think that like once you're, you're once a kid and you learn stuff, that's kind of how you're going to be for the rest of your life. But yeah, it's super beautiful that no, even as an adult, we can change how our brain works by reprogramming it. Yeah. Like the, the good old phrase of this is just how I am. (laughs) It's like, no, that's who, that's who you've been taught to be. And I think that's like a, you know, growing up, uh, I didn't really have that much like things around. Actually I did because I I grew up where my parents were missionaries where they were supported by the church to go do these amazing things. And so I think there was a lot of correlation around if you want to do good in the world, you're not going to make a lot of money. You know, if you really want to help and do good in the world, you better find a way for someone else to support you, you know, of like, oh, you can't help people and receive money. And, you know, it's like that giving and receiving. And I know that a lot of women that listen to this show they're givers, they're thoughtful, they're empathetic. They can pick up on the needs of other people before they even think, you know, and, and the giving, 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 but then there's a block in the receiving. And that's like the conversation of not feeling worthy or, oh, let it go to someone else that needs it more of just feeling like I don't need that. So it should go to someone else more deserving, right? That's the thing that's not being said is I don't deserve it. Give it to someone else who deserves it. Um, And so I'm curious, like, you know, that giving and receiving part and being able to play, like, has that come up with a lot of women when you were working with them around the money mindset? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, I think I, I, I do work with a lot of women like that as well, or like, you know, like people pleasers, people who give themselves away, right. Who are these amazing women, but who don't fill up their own cup, who don't always know how to like communicate their needs or set boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, usually around money mindset, there are a lot of things there where it's like, give, 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 don't know as much how to take, or like, don't feel comfortable receiving, um, don't feel comfortable communicating how much they're worth. You know, like it makes them like very nervous, like any talk about money, because again, they haven't learned how to. Um, So it's like really learning how to be empowered around money, how to be empowered to ask for what you deserve. Because when you do that, you actually encourage others to do the same. So if we want to help others, we need to do it ourselves, right? And then they can learn from our example. So it's actually um, beautiful for them to kind of reframe it and see it that way, that the more you ask for, the more you show up in your worth, the more you're encouraging other women or other people to do the same. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Um, You kind of mentioned the people pleasing and the boundaries, you know, how do you approach people pleasing when you're working with women? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so much with people pleasing and I mean, I'm definitely recovering codependent and people pleaser. So it's like very personal to me. I think one of the, yes, exactly. One of the main things would be though, um, for learning how to take time for yourself, right. And how to like give yourself this gift of play, because at first it can kind of seem uncomfortable or irresponsible to just like take time to play. And it seems for some people, it'll seem a bit purposeless because they're not realizing all the benefits behind it. Um, So first of all, just like learning to take this time, learning about all the benefits, learning that you are so worthy and you are so lovable. Um, So that is like a huge of it. And then really looking at your subconscious programming, your beliefs, what we need to reprogram. Um, But yeah, with people pleasing, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is setting boundaries, like learning to how to communicate honestly, right? Which is really hard because sometimes you do, like, I know for me, I had a really hard time finding my voice and what I even wanted to communicate because I was just so getting love and belonging that it was scary for me to communicate. It was scary to put myself out there, risk being rejected, right? Risk being abandoned. Um, So I think having like supportive community though is so important. Like I always say your relationship, your relationship to self is the most important, but that doesn't mean you need to do it alone, right? That's why like having a coach is so important, but having supportive friends is so important, right? It's quality over quantity, but really getting people who get you. But this is the thing. It's like when you really step into your authentic self, there will be times you'll be rejected, right? Not everyone will get it, but that just means you're on the right path. But it can be painful as a people pleaser and you will have wounds that are triggered. And that's what happened to me, especially my inner child being triggered from any abandonment wounds anytime I was rejected. So it's learning how to comfort your inner child, right? Learning to reparent yourself, to say like beautiful affirmations, letting yourself know that you will no longer abandon yourself anymore, that it's okay to feel hard feelings. Absolutely. And like learning to sit in those, to breathe, to release that stress and tension, but then reaffirming yourself and loving yourself through it and no longer looking to always other people to do that for you, right? Like learning to how to actually just feel that love from yourself is such a beautiful thing and play is a way of giving that love to yourself. Mm, That's so cool. I love that so much because it is, it is threatening to risk that. Like it feels like a threat to be like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be abandoned. And I've studied different communication styles and women that are very outgoing, that are the loving, supportive, like take lead are oftentimes the one that their biggest fear is rejection. And so that's also why they are massive includers to everyone because they also never want to reject other people. And so hearing that, you know, some of that backstory and some of the relations that you've had with it is just so powerful. I'm so grateful that you're sharing these things. 
Um, and you keep mentioning play of taking time to play. And I, I have like things for myself of like, for me, I'm like, if it's something that doesn't have my phone and it doesn't have a point other than just simply doing the activity, then I kind of identify that as play for myself. But I, you know, some, I think some women might hear play and think, I don't have time to play all day. And, and I know it's not an all day thing, but can you give some examples and maybe things that you offer to your clients and things that you do with yourself that help infuse play without it being this entire day thing? Totally. So I'm not I, against an entire day thing. I'm just yeah, on no. a day-to-day basis. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I mean, the reality is we do all have responsibilities. There are things we're doing. So it's not, I'm not saying you have to play all day if you can. I mean, that's amazing. But even <laughs> taking like five, 10, 15 minutes a day is amazing, right? Like baby steps, turtle steps. We don't need to have a whole day to feel the benefits of play. So even yesterday, like I did this event, it was a 20 minute start your play or start your day with play event. And I was getting messages later on that even by the night, like their whole energy of the day just shifted. And what we did was we just did some movement. We did some playful art. I was like getting in that energy is so uplifting and so fun and just like really refuels you and energizes you. And that was only from like 20 minutes, right? So you don't need a lot of time. And like, even during the day, what's something you can do? I love doing a shaking meditation. So whenever I'm feeling my energy getting kind of stuck, or maybe I've been working on my computer too long, I get up and I just shake through my chakras with a song I love. And it's, what's cool about that is that it's not about being a good dancer. It's not about doing choreography or trying to do well at something, right? Because we're always taught to achieve and please and all these things. So all of my work is like putting that in the garbage. Like it's never about trying to do something well. It's just about unfiltered self-expression. So with a shaking meditation, you can just do it so wild. You can do it however it feels good to you, letting go of anything that's not serving you and welcoming energy. Um, The same with just like any movement, a static movement, whatever makes you feel good. I always recommend getting a blindfold especially when you're like new to play and you're new to self-expression and creativity and doing things like painting blindfolded or doodling blindfolded because so many adults have blocks around creativity and they're like, why would I want to do art? I'm not good at it, right? It's like, it's only fun if you're good at it. But first of all, good is so subjective. Like, I mean, all art, it could be abstract art, but it's like, why do we have to feel like we have to be this like accomplished artist to give ourselves permission to just express ourselves on paper? So when you have the blind it's really cool because it's not about that. It's literally just about expressing yourself on paper. And there's something so liberating about that. I always recommend doing that, but with play, like, I love what you said, no phone, absolutely not. And like feeling like you're just really in the moment. So what I do with my clients is I take them on this eight week journey, but everything is a surprise. Really great about play is that when it's spontaneous, that's when we really connect to our curiosity and our childlike wonder. And that's what we want to get back to. Because if I told you like, okay, every week, this is exactly what we're going to do. Your logical brain would start preparing for it. Right. And you'd be like, okay, this is how I'm going to play. It's like, I actually want you to really connect to your curiosity because it's that just much more fun in the moment. So then, you know, I do all these series of things and that's why I send out a play box with all these physical items because play is so sensory. So I want to do things that will tap into all of your senses. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is so cool. And I love the blindfold thing too, of, because I think everyone can have 
has that moment in elementary school where everyone's trying to paint the exact same photo. And so that it just creates all this space for comparison. And then there's that one teacher that's like, oh, you must be the athletic one or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I still remember my moment. Like I, so you know, when you have to like write in grade one or two on the lines, like right on the lines. So it was very traumatizing because I would always have these comments from teachers about how she couldn't even write on the lines to my parents. Cause like, I was so not artistic or like at all, like write well. So it's like, then you take on these beliefs and that's why I avoided art for so many years. Right. But that's, what's really cool now is we can come back to it and it doesn't matter how it looks. Right. It's like so beautiful. It's like showing up for your inner child again, not letting these like haters dictate what we do and just embracing self-expression. Yeah. And I remember for myself being in corporate, I remember this feeling that I was able to reflect on later, but it was this feeling of, I got shit to do. And it was like imagining talking to the little child within being like, you need to go sit in the corner and be quiet. It's adult stuff. It's serious stuff. This is real stuff. Right. And it's like discrediting that creative power because it was, I was being programmed by my environment. Right. This isn't playtime. What are you doing? Messing around? You know, like that whole like thing of like the phrases that we've heard from people about it being irresponsible. Um, And so I'm just, I just absolutely love the work that you're doing in the world of connecting people back to that. And also the shaking meditation, those meditations have been some of the most like profound, like catharsis for me, where it just all of a sudden unlocks any stuck energy of tears just start coming down and I think that it's so beautiful to do that as well blindfolded because you don't want to see like in the beginning you're like oh my god I look crazy and it's like (laughs) cool perfect keep going you know like choosing one song and just like it's like shaking out the wrists shaking out the elbows like or the the well yeah the the shoulders like and just allowing the full movement and I love what you said about unfiltered expression that there isn't a point to it besides beyond, like besides your own expression. And there is no right or wrong way to express ourselves. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we've been told is there's a right and a wrong way. And I love how you're saying that, you know, as a child, we have a very black and white mindset of it has to be this or it has to be that. It's 100% or it's 0%. So it's so powerful uh, to start to bring in those shades of gray and expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Right. And yeah, we just like grow up learning all these rules and we have to stick to them. We were constantly graded on every assignment. Right. So we could never just be happy. Like, I mean, maybe if you got like an 80 or 90 or whatever you got, but it was like always dependent on this grade. It couldn't just be whatever made us feel in that moment. Or it wasn't about maybe even what we learned and like being proud of ourselves or it was all dependent on this external grade. So yeah, for me, it's like, Every single week I stress there is no right or wrong. And people's to ask me for a lot of instructions, like they want to know everything, right? Because they're just not used to that. Um, so it's really beautiful kind of to reclaim that wild and reclaim that really with your inner child and just explore, right? Be curious, um, especially in a society that doesn't promote that. But yeah, even like back to that shaking meditation, like other things I like to do that sound wild to some, but honestly, highly recommend is just like flying like a bird, like going around like a bird or like galloping like a horse around your apartment. It's so fun. And I remember I was at this community event a few years ago, and this was before I really got into play. And I had been like a serious competitive dancer at that point. 
So it, this was like a fun, free flowing event. And they told like all the adults, I think it was aged 20 to 90. So it was a huge group of people. And for one of the things they wanted us to gallop around like a horse. And I was just like, this is so awkward. Why would I want to do this? This is so weird. And then I saw like all these like older women just galloping like a horse. They look like they're having so much fun. And I'm like, why can't I enjoy this? Like they look so happy. Like I'm missing something. So then I kind of tried doing it. And to be honest, at first it was uncomfortable, but once I got into it, like I loved it. It was so freeing. Like I have rented dance studios before just to like freely gallop around like a horse. And uh, yeah, it's like, I know that was what my inner child love to do when I was really young. So it's like getting back to stuff like that, that seems silly is actually so healing. Oh, it's so cool. Cause I'm literally envisioning like there's little kids in my family. Like they're doing that all the time. They're galloping around They're They're, they're like, look, I'm an astronaut. And like, nothing has changed, but for them, they're like, I am, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like the imagination. That's so cool. Noticing the discomfort that you had in that unfiltered expression. And I think it's so important for everyone to hear that it's okay if it's awkward and uncomfortable at first, like that is the work that is the healing. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I think that's a really important point. It's not like you're expected to be like, okay, like I'm a play queen the next day. And like, I'm so comfortable to play. It's like, no, it's like building a relationship, getting comfortable with your inner child. You were likely shamed out of play. There could be like trauma there, you know, your parents telling you to grow up or all these things. So it's like, it's like a slow process. So for me, the biggest thing is creating a safe space where you feel really comfortable. You are seen, you're no judgment and you know just like never pushing yourself to do anything that's like uncomfortable but obviously getting out of your comfort zone is where the magic happens but like in a safe fun way um and you will notice um, you will get more and more comfortable and you will appreciate it that much more Mm, so cool I love that um you know with infusing play I love that you were saying it could be five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes it doesn't have to be this big thing what are some of the things that have really been supporting you in your personal practice of play? Yeah. So for me, I think the biggest thing was getting back into art, like art that looks, you know, like society wouldn't love it. But the fact that I had stopped myself from doing art because of other people's opinions. So now I just like love getting paint and making these like weird creations that you know, would look strange to someone else. But like, for me, they're just a lot of fun. Um, like I love playing with paint. So actually I love painting rocks too. Like that one's really fun. So I love painting rocks. Um, it's just like really therapeutic for me, like getting on some fun music, like listening to the Lion King or just like whatever I feel like on that day, like really reconnecting my inner child. Then I would say dance is a huge one for me as well. Like just like fun movement or like lip syncing, like I'm in Greece or hairspray or doing these things, getting a brush and like pretending, you know, I'm like a Grammy award-winning singer or something, just like fun, silly stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I always do like to switch it up, but I would say like, those are my favorite things. Very cool. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Well, I'm so grateful that I was having, that I was able to have you on the show today and be able to discuss these things and play how, like, is there anything that you'd like to share with people, you know, if they've been in that spot of feeling stressed or feeling just disconnected from play, you know, uh, words of encouragement, you know, especially if they're by themselves where they they're doing it, of course, 
there's going to be information about your course as well. Um, but to get started, you know, would you recommend the art? Would you recommend, I mean, you've shared a lot of recommendations, but is there anything that you'd like to share with them beyond that? Yeah. Um, I think another thing is, um, maybe even just like with food, you can play as well. Like not meaning you have to be like a cook or something, but I mean, getting creative in the kitchen is definitely a form of play, but actually like, getting a blindfold and eating your meal is really fun as well. And it's like a way to not only be mindful, but it's kind of funny, like trying to like find your mouth and like do these things. So it's like just learning that there are ways to make your day playful and ways to view things differently. Um, And yeah, you can start with like little baby steps and just like be gentle and be compassionate with yourself. Like, yeah, just don't expect that it's going to happen in like one second. If you're not playing a lot right now, like it's a journey and that's totally okay. Um, But also just know that it is totally possible no matter what age you are. Like I've worked with um, a lot of like older women who just didn't think they could feel that sense of fun again, but it's happening. So just know that no matter what your background, what's happened to you, it is totally possible to play again. And it is so necessary. Um, Please do not listen to societal messages about play thinking it is not a priority. It is a priority and just start it at the top of your list and you will see your life change. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. It's such a pivotal, um, a a pivotal point of creating joy in our life. Yeah. Yeah. No. And thank you so much for giving the platform to spread the power of play. It's been so great chatting with you. Yeah. How can people connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website at it's the playful warrior.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at the playful warrior reach out anytime. I love chatting all things play or the power of creativity or the subconscious mind. And I can't wait to connect with you. Yay. And guys, um, information for her eight week intensive or her eight week program is going to be in the show notes as well. And I'll add your Instagram link so people can easily click If you guys have loved this episode, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, um, tag us. Uh, We'd love to meet you. We'd love to to expand on this conversation around the things that are creating joy in your life and the ways in which you are playing. I think that there's probably been like 15 different examples throughout this episode of ways that you can start to infuse play into your life. Um, And so I you know, come say hi. We always want to meet you. We always want to connect with you. We're human too. We want community. We, you know, we want to be able to have these conversations. And so, um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of joyfully you podcast. And thank you Kara, so much for being our guest today. Thank you. It's been so great. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to joyfully you podcast. And I'm going to leave you the way that I do often is you are loved and you are infinitely supported and you can be, do, and have anything that you want. See you on the next episode.